Hello there, boxing fans around the world. Thank you once again for joining us on Talking Fight for another episode featuring Christian from the Friday Night Panel, who's actually busy researching for tonight's Friday Night Panel. Uh, but right now, we, uh, we have a few tidbits lined up with respect to the Olympics taking place in Tokyo this July. And when I say tidbits, I believe I mean tidbits. <laughs> What do you got? Uh, yeah, there's not, a, there's, not a, there's not a ton going on today. Uh, not, not that that's a bad thing. When it comes to the Olympics these days, sometimes no news is, is good. The actual Olympic Games themselves. Right now, going on the Grand Prix Usti Mad Labam. The 51st edition is currently going on in the Czech Republic. And this is one of the highlights on the international calendar. Uh, two of the two middle. Uh, finalist AIBA Women's Boxing Championships, the Netherlands Muchka Union, as well as Wales' Lauren Price are both going to be present at this uh, tournament as well. AIBA World Champion uh, Sofiane Ouma, the bronze medalist Erdenabat Senbatar, are both the big names in uh, the men's competition. And both boxers are going to be in the lightweight category in the Grand Prix, and their encounter is one of the most anticipated contests of the is the biggest uh, international competition in the Czech Republic, and returns to the calendar now after a two-year hiatus uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, the roots of this competition uh, go back to uh, before the Czech Republic during uh, it was Czechoslovakia, and the uh, tournament itself does have strong uh, brand recognition within the national federations. Female boxers uh, can compete in six categories at this tournament, while the men were going to be competing in over eight different weight classes. Uh, competition is being held with strict safety measures and COVID-19 protocols in order to hopefully uh, mitigate any new coronavirus cases in the Czech Republic. The first edition of this Grand Prix was held back in 1968, and some boxing stars, uh, some three-time Olympic champion, uh, two uh, three-time Olympic champions, Felix Savon and Teofilo uh, Stevenson. Russia's duo as two-time Olympic champion Oleg uh, Satov and another Olympic Games winner, former AIBA world champion Mr. Alexander Lebziak, won titles at the at the. Uh, so female boxers started competing in this event for the first time at the Grand Prix in the 2010 edition. The competition top boxers uh, and have who have decided to travel. I'm sorry, I'm having some computer issues here, guys. Give me one quick second here. There we go. Sorry, there we go, and we're back. So this has a long tradition, and over the last few years, it's really started gaining momentum, starting with the 2018 edition, where Cuba, the Netherlands, Germany, and uh, host Czech Republic uh, took home gold medals. And that was the 49th edition three years ago. We really started to see this starting to build bigger and bigger. Now, the Grand Prix achieved a new milestone when the competition celebrated its 50th edition in 2019, uh, which means at this point, the event is one of the oldest uh, continuously running tournaments in Europe. Altogether, 17 finals were held at the 2019 edition, and among Europe's best female boxers, Netherlands Netherlands world champion Busanaz Sormanali, both won gold medals at uh, that event two years ago. Participating nations in this year's Grand Prix, uh, Austria, Czech Republic, England, Germany, Hungary, Italy, Mali, Mongolia, 
Netherlands, Polonia, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, Ukraine, and of course, Wales. So that con that uh, that's going on right now, and that's going to run through to the ninth. So we're going to be starting to see quarterfinal action uh, starting, uh, I believe, tomorrow. And then as we move farther through the weekend, we'll see the finals coming up. And we'll try to see if we can't find a nice wrap-up for you guys on Monday for that one. Now, looking a little bit at the actual... Prominently, Mandy Bujold and the issues that she's been having in her attempts to qualify, or at least to change the IOC's opinion on who should be allowed to qualify for the Olympic Games. And it's worth remembering that, you know, as much as we're having a bit of a hard time with this box, this ad hoc boxing task force that's been put in uh, put into place for our sport, we're not the only ones at this Olympic Games that are really having kind of been put to the screws on how it is that we're actually qualifying for this. And, you know, it's not just the boxers like Mandy Bujold who are, uh, you know, their dreams are in limbo at this point in time. So we're going to take a little, little bit of look just around the games in general here. Uh, so, for example, a couple of years ago, Nick Suriano, he's a U.S. wrestler, put his life on hold to chase his Olympic dream. Now, a national collegiate champion in wrestling, Suriano took a year off from competing, uh, for, sorry, a year off from uh, competing for Rutgers to compare for, to prepare for the 2020 Summer Games in Tokyo. Now, after those games were postponed for a year because of the coronavirus, Sur uh, Suriano doubled down, skipping a second year of college and moving from his home from Phoenix, moving to Phoenix, sorry, from his home in New Jersey in order to join a special training camp. For eight months, he thought little besides maintaining his health and claiming a place on the U.S. team at the Olympic trials. Now, many considered him to be a favorite in the 125-pound class, and he says that he was at the healthiest point of his entire life going into this. But only days before the start of the trial, on April 2nd in Texas, a nasal swab changed everything for him. Suriano had tested negative for coronavirus before boarding a plane for Fort Worth, Texas, and then tested positive shortly after he arrived. And as such, he never got to take to the mat. His Olympic dreams, years in the making, for obvious reasons. Now, the pandemic has been wreaking havoc with sports in general and with, you know, the Olympic Games in particular. For more than a year now, lives and careers have been upended, reimagined, and remade. But with the Games now scheduled to start in less than three months' time, that space to adapt has disappeared. And, you know, some of these virus-related obstacles are now likely to be insurmountable for some athletes. In March, Eight fencers from six different countries tested positive at a qualifying competition in Budapest, Hungary, where they were placed in quarantine and then prohibited from competing. Uh, early last month, a judo team from India had to withdraw from a qualifying competition in Kyrgyzstan after two of the athletes from the squad tested positive. Uh, and officials had to cancel the entirety of the Pan-American Pan uh, canoe sprint olympic qualifying event as that was supposed to take place last month in brazil which is one of the leading virus hotspots globally at the moment olympic births for the region now are likely to be determined by rankings and performances from the 2019 world championships so not totally dissimilar to what we're seeing in boxing using past rankings to determine that so for athletes in each case the law training time competition opportunities to gain education points changed countless for the tokyo games some still don't know precisely how, or if for that matter, they're going to be able to book their place at the Olympics, which are going to be starting 23rd of July. 
Olympic athletes have long dealt with pressure to stay healthy and avoid injuries during the crucial weeks and months leading up to the Games, which for many of them do represent a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. But with the complications of the coronavirus, unlike something like uh, you know, muscle strain or typical illness, definitely isn't a solution here. For an infected athlete, uh, and this is also possibly for uh, healthy athletes who are deemed to be close contacts, or so even a brush with the virus can present an insurmountable obstacle when it comes to cash and ticket to the game. So while forbidding someone who can uh, positive virus test is a you know that's a pretty simple matter, it's pretty straightforward. Deciding to eliminate a person deemed to have been in close contact with an infected individual, it can get a little bit more complicated. So to be con to be considered a close contact currently, an athlete has to have been within close contact to an infected person for more than 15 minutes during a 24-hour per period while that person or during a 48-hour period before a positive test resulted came back or before the onset of symptoms. So it doesn't matter if that close contact uh, occurs indoors or outdoors, which means that not only, you know, training sessions, but also, you know, meal car rides, you know, the transport from uh, Europe, US, now become high-stake interactions. A health officer appointed uh, for the trials, for the wrestling trials we just talked about, uh, would decide uh, when to bar a competitor. And athletes would then have an opportunity to uh, appeal that to a broader panel. However, this was a little different here, how they were running this particular one. Athletes who had received vaccinations essentially got to get out a free, uh, get out of jail free card here. So the rules for close contract follow the Center for Disease Control and Prevention guidelines, which stipulate that a person who is two weeks past receiving their second dose of either the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine or the single dose of the John and does not need to quarantine. Now, they didn't make any mention of the AstraZeneca vaccine. Um, just those ones so far, but they're saying you do not, for that comment, you did not need quarantine. Now, these rules differ from the ones currently in place for the Olympics this summer. And again, I do say currently because this could change in the next iteration of the playbooks or in the sort specific information that they're due to publish in June for the actual Olympic Games. But under current stipulations, those rules differ from the ones we've got at the moment. Organizers in Japan announced on Wednesday that athletes who are deemed close contacts will be evaluated on a case-by-case -case basis. Protocols that officials released did not mention how a uh, completed vaccination series would affect the evaluation process. Though athletes who have been vaccinated uh, still do have to follow the same day-to-day -day rules as those who have not been vaccinated. And that's going to be including at events as well as in the Olympic Village and, and the dormitories and things of that nature. Suriano, though, said that he did not get this chance uh, at his competition as he's only 24 and in Arizona, this did not qualify him. Might have allowed him in time for his Olympic trial. Uh, he's not decided if he will try, uh, try or not to qualify for Paris 2024. You know, there's little money in uh, in less than there is in boxing, actually. And there's no guarantees uh, he could an injury between now and then, or a better wrestler may come along and just simply knock him out of his uh, position. But it's something worth bearing in mind as we sit there and we kind of shake our fingers at the IOC and how they're treating our boxers, or, you know, we are boxers, and we should have the best of everything with this ad hoc task force. 
and the IOC is scrambling not only to try to find a way to qualify, you know, well, at this point our North American boxers, as we're not going to have a qualifying. And then since we're not going to have the world qualifying event. So, you know, we can, again, we can, you know, shake our fists and wag our fingers at the IOC, but we're just one of a series of headaches that these guys are going through and trying to find ways to qualify. to get them to these games safely and to get them competing in these games. Sorry. <clears throat> Dry throat. I can it's not just us, Graham. It's not just Wait. us. As much as it feels like that sometimes, it's not just us. I know. Well, for someone who had a few tidbits, you certainly had a few tidbits. For you, Graham. I usually find something for you. <laughs> Fair enough. Thanks very much. Uh, we'll see you tonight on the Friday night panel. Absolutely. I'll be here. Cheers.